The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey, y'all. It's Blood Harris from another Panther Rants podcast. It's a Tuesday, hump day. Well, not a hump day yet. Actually, technically is hump day because East Coast, when I'm recording this, it's 12.33. So, anyways, I'm on vacation for the week with the kids. Trying to, um, well, long story short, my kids don't go back till the 8th. So... Rather than abuse the work from home system, I just took the freaking most of the week off. Actually, pretty much from Tuesday to Friday off. Because why not? So, play hop topics we got to talk about. Tons of them, actually. But we'll condense them as much as we can. Well, first off, let's start off with what happened. Excuse me. Uh, tonight, pick a throttle by Louisville. By 26 points. And Louisville isn't even that good this year. Neither, you know, same with Miami either. But the problem is with this Pitt team is if they're going to have some success, any at all in this conference, they're going to have to put together two decent halves. And they, ha- they, can't, they haven't done it yet. At all. Ever. And it seems like every time they get down the court, like Kevin Stalling said in this one previous game, it was, it's like going to the dentist for a root canal pretty much. It's freaking painful. So Louisville, they were in the same thing with the same thing with Miami. They were in the game early, and then they stopped. They shot cold, and <laughs> the air team was making shots and pick quick at stops. And there you go. There you have it. And it's just they can't score and they can't really play defense and. Right now, it just is what it is with this team, and Kevin Stallings can scheme the hell as much as he wants. It just ain't happening. I mean, you can at least teach him to play freaking defense if they're not going to score anything. But the hot topic was tonight. They were losing late. He got into some with some fans because Louisville, they just are what they are. Like I said, if the shoe fits, it doesn't matter how it fits. They'll wear it regardless. They're, they're assholes. They're they were they're a reflection of their coach who just got fired. Stallings made a comment saying, well, "At least we don't pay hundred hundred thousand for our players." And initially, you know what? We all were outraged over the comment, shocked over it that our, one of our own coaches would you know participate in stuff like this. And he probably should just walked away. There are other ways he could have handled it, but at the end of the day, he um, chose this road. And um, he chose to stick up for his players, and the players will respect him for it. And, uh, you know, like I said, part of me thought, you know, Stallings is trying to get fired. After, after all the team performed, part of me thought he's just trying to can at, at this point. But I, I understand his message. And Louisville, like I said, if the shoe fits, they're going to wear it regardless. They're pricks. 
So what cracks me up is how people were trying to paint Louisville as some victim over this. Because you know, Kevin, you know, Kevin Stone's message a cruel coma to them, so now they're victims, which, you know, they are what they are. They pay for players. Their coach, now as coach, has done some things. So let's not, you know, get away from the whole thing here, the whole spectrum. So I don't know where it goes from here with Stallings. So I'm not too outraged about it. I was initially. Part of me thinks he's trying to get fired, but now after some selling down. You know, Kevin Stallings can do some stuff like this, do a hell of a pit after, after a loss, after a Penn State loss. People people go crazy. They're, all, they're excited because he's subtweeting and this and that. Stallings does something like this, obviously. It's not going to, uh, it's, you know, giving people to like him anyway. Don't want him here. That's just how it is. Now let's get on the other side of it. Jamie Dixon took ba- took Baylor to overtime and they TC won. They almost beat Oklahoma last the other the other game. And it's funny, you know. I, I look at Jamie Dixon, and it kind of reminds me of an episode of The Simpsons where um, it's a Halloween special where Homer finds a lucky monkey's paw and he gets like three wishes. And for some reason, each wish was great. And then tell, uh, but there's some, you know, there's some backdraw of, of the uh, lucky monkey's paw. And when Homer's wishes are up, I think the last wish, you know, Lisa wants world, world peace. And um, everyone's melting their guns, this and, that, this and that. Then the aliens come and they take over the world and Homer's pissed off and he just throws a lucky monkey's paw in the trash or whatever it was. Ned Flanders picks it up and wishes to get rid of all the aliens. And of course, after that, Ned's the hero and everything else. They're all happy for him. And Homer's just sitting there at this table going, I wish I had lucky monkey's paw. It's kind of like what Jamie Dixon is to pit right now. We're sitting here. Our team is struggling to win 10 games starting five freshmen. Jamie, on the other hand, has his team in the top 15 and all is going well. So, at the end of the day, you know what? I want the guy to prosper. We all do. I mean, let's not you know, forget what he, did, what he did here. Although, you can say the last five years, you know, could, you know that's, could say a lot with that. But, Moving on from the whole basketball spectrum, college football playoffs have arrived, and I really didn't pay too much attention to the bull, to the bull season because I just didn't have time to do, deal with it. But obviously, the Big Ten's pounding themselves in the chest about their bull records. When bull records hardly mean a thing when they're you know when they're getting their asses beat. You know, last year, bull records meant nothing to them. So. They did well, except for Michigan, which Harbaugh is, just, is what he is. He's a prick, and that's just how it is. Pac-12 obviously had a horrible bull season. Big 12 did pretty well. ACC was like 4-6 and six overall. Big 12, you know, they're, uh, they did well except for the championship game. Well, uh, I'm sorry, around the round the four. My apologies. Obviously, I'm not really crazy about watching the championship game because of, uh, well, for one thing, 
it's two SEC teams. And, you know, it doesn't surprise me. I knew I kind of knew Bama was going to beat Clemson. Clemson had a great regular season, but they're breaking new players. They have a new quarterback, and he just he's not the Sean Watson right now. So that's just that. But on the other hand of it, Oklahoma could have, Oklahoma had their opportunities to take down Georgia. The play calling killed them at the end. There were some play calls, especially in the first overtime. The first overtime, they had every chance to knock Georgia out. Couldn't do it because of crappy play calling. I mean, third and two, you call end around. Personally, I would have went, I would have went forward on fourth and one and got that touchdown. Because after what you after what you saw in the second hour time, there's no banging what happens after that. And I think and I pretty much think after that blocked field goal, Oklahoma pretty much gave up after that. They were done. They knew they were done. And they just let him score. And really all they had to do was hold no field goal and hope that he hope the guy shanks it. That's all I can do. But like I said, the, this SEC national championship was avoidable. And a lot, lot could have been done to avoid it. But when Wisconsin chokes in their championship game to Ohio State, you know, I'm sorry. I mean, the Big Ten thinks, thinks they, were, they were snubbed. They had one freaking job. And that was for Wisconsin to win that title game. Couldn't do it. You would have thought that you would have thought Delaney would have had them had them laid down in that had the Buckeyes laid down in that game. But probably 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 uh, Delaney and the rest of Big Ten Shields. They probably had this secret secret of wet dream that Ohio State would was, was going to be allowed in the champ to play in the playoffs. So they probably said forget it. That's the thing with the Big Ten. They got to stop catering to just Ohio State and Michigan. They got catered the rest of our conference because it's better for the conference. But instead, they're hung up on they're hung up on freaking Ohio State, Michigan, and, and their and their their divisional setup is set up so in, in hopes that these two win the win the win the championship, you know, win the Big Ten championship, and possibly go to the playoffs. Penn State could have taken care of business too, and but the problem is, is their two toughest games they lost both of them. Same with Ohio State. All they had to do was win out. And they dropped that game that was Iowa. And they got slaughtered by Iowa, which made it worse. But if anything, on a positive note, you have um, a chance that the Big Ten, well, not the Big Ten, Big Ten and other conferences will push for an 18 playoff now. Because they're not going to like two SEC teams in the playoffs playing for a championship game now. Because the, the reason why they push for these playoffs in the first place is because LSU faced Alabama in the, in the, in the, in the BCS title game. This is why we push for the playoff because they just didn't like the, how it was set up. It wasn't fair. Whereas Big, the Big Ten years and years ago, back in like 2006, maybe 2007, when Ohio State Michigan went into, people were pushing for that to happen. And it should have happened according to these people. It wasn't a big deal for the Big Ten then, but when other conferences were were, uh, were prospering, that then they wanted to get then they wanted to push for this whole this whole thing. 
So the beauty about this is we may go to eight teams. But I think, you know, in the case of um, Central Florida, you got to let a non-P5 school in. You got to let, like, a Central Florida, at least one of these guys in the playoffs as well. Like like you did, like you did for the BCS. Do it for these guys, too. Central Florida should have been in, the, in it. And <clears throat> on top of other things, Rich Rodriguez is fired at... Arizona for sexual harassment allegations. Although he was having an affair, which he admitted to, and I guess he thought that was cleaned up. But it sounds like, from what I'm reading, it's a case. It's a case of an unhappy side chick, and and if you can't keep, I mean, if you can't keep him happy, I mean, that's what happens. I mean, if you're, I mean, first of all, if you're married, you probably the last thing you want to do is have an affair. But people do for certain reasons, whether you know. Marriage is lacking at home. You know, maybe you and your mate have gone in different opposite sides of the spectrum, which happens. A lot of times you you, you try to work it out, get to the middle point with each other again. But in some instances, those people will say, I love it. I love it over here on this other side too much. No, I'm not doing that. The papers will be in the mail. Sign them. But see you later. So, obviously, with Rich, you know, if you're going to do these type of types of things, you probably want to, you know, be mindful of who you're doing it with. Well, first of all, you shouldn't be doing it anyway, but if you are for whatever selfish reasons, you probably should be a bit more careful of how you're doing it and who you're doing it with. Because if you get to one of these, these types of people that are unhappy after a while... This is what happens. But at the end of the day, you know what? I think it's probably in the case of Rodriguez. In the case of his family. It's probably best that he steps away from college football for a little bit. You know, he, he, he I mean, whatever he did, he lost his job over it. So, you know what? He should probably take some time with his family and repair the whatever bonds were broken do all that. Spend time with your family. I mean, if you want to work out your marriage, take care of home base first before you get back out into college football coaching because home base is just more important. And at the end of the day, he may not want to go back to college coaching. He may want to just stay and be a family man, and there's nothing wrong with that. So, yeah, we're going to take pleasure in this because Rich Rodriguez, yeah, he's a dickhead. He's done a lot of dick moves. So, Whatever it is, I hope he works out. And miscellaneous news, obviously, Marvin Harris got signed by the Bengals. The guy just has nine lives. He was supposed to step down, but I guess it's just, that's just not happening. I don't know. So I'll wrap this up. My last one I'm talking about is um, my eye. I just talked to my, my um, best friend of mine. His um, He was the uncle of uh, Adam Grass, the Penn State player who just died recently. And, uh, in the case of Adam, I talked to, um, I got the uh, text message at 4 o'clock that morning 
And um, he said, you know, he just sent an email out saying, hey, guys, I don't know how to say this, but Adam passed away. And I replied back, you know, Gress. And, you know, I didn't believe it until I saw on social media that it was Adam Gress who passed away. Adam was just full of life. And you know, I met him when he was in high school still. You know, I went to a Penn State game with his uncle and a lot of people. And Adam was like 6'5 at the time. And he was like a sophomore in high school. He was very He wasn't big yet. Pitt recruited him initially. Then Penn State offered, which was obviously his dream school because he liked Penn State. Because of his uncle, and you know, his uncle's obviously a diehard Penn State, Penn State guy, alumni, all that. So he, you know, he played three years under Paterno, Tuner O'Brien. He got a try. He he got a try with the with the Giants. He played some preseason games where he got cut up. And most guys would have kept training and keeping their dream alive, but Adam just moved, decided to move off life's work, and he he was doing pretty well. You know, he um, he was doing construction. I guess he was a manager, too, I think is what he was. But uh, he was just, you know, his case, what happened to him? Well, for one thing, I didn't, I couldn't believe that him passed away. I was shocked. I mean, I drew the work, and I was like, wow, this guy's freaking gone. And I felt very bad for my, you know, my, for my, for my buddy, you know, my, for my friend, pretty much. Because, you know, Adam was like a son to him, and... So when you, you know, when you, when you see him hurting, you you hurt too, and it's it sucked. But uh, the case of Adam's death, he didn't die from a fall, and he didn't die because of football either. So I'm gonna roll those two things out for you right now. I talked to his uncle. He, he didn't die from those two things, and uh. Last I talked to him, the coroner was wrapping up his uh, investigation, but he rolled those two out already. So, whatever happened to Adam, it was probably a pre-existing condition, and it, pro- and it took him right away. And I had a friend like that one time who who was battling leukemia off and on. It was a continuous battle. And one day, he just died. His, his heart gave out for some reason, and he it, he went out just like that. Done. He was in the shower. Went out, and he was, boom, gone. In a lot of ways, given so much, how much he battled leukemia, maybe that's the way you want to go out. Not being on the hospital bed battling a disease that eats eats away at you, but, you know, boom, like that. But uh, as far as, you know, his funeral goes... But about 30 or 30 Penn State lettermen came to Adam's funeral. A lot of them didn't even play with Adam. Actually, actually, these ones that came, the 30 lettermen didn't even play with Adam. They just knew who he was. He was a Penn State guy, and they came to his funeral because he played for Penn State. And there was a lot of people that, you know, talked to, you know, my buddy, and they were telling about how, you know, we're a family, and this is what we do. Uh, Tom, the night before Adam's uh, viewing, Tom Bradley just wrapped up his jo- his job at UCLA, Mike Farrell was there too, who also played at Penn State. That game ended at eleven thirty at night. They flew back to Pittsburgh. That next day, they were at Adams. Adams uh, they were at the funeral home, paying respects to Adam. Jay Paterno showed up as well. 
and uh, Jesse James showed up, and Jesse James actually, believe it or not, from what he told me was, Adam used to give Jesse rides home from uh, State College when he would come back to Pittsburgh because, you know, Jesse was from Glassport, and he really, you know, he really wasn't, uh, his family obviously, you know, didn't really have a car for him. So he would give Jesse rides back. But uh, there was some stuff that, uh, you know, his uncle told me, like, for one thing, there was this poem that he gave Adam that Teddy Roosevelt wrote. It was called The Manny Arena. And he read this at Adam's uh, thing. And the players that played with Adam that were in that funeral, in that in that, in that uh, ceremony, were reciting his words line from line. And they told him that that was one of the things that Adam used to read to them when they were at Penn State. So, as far as, you know, other stuff, um, other tidbits... James Franklin sent flowers. Uh, Bill O'Brien and his wife sent flowers. And Bill O'Brien actually donated money to his uh, Lift for Life thing as well. So obviously Bill O'Brien didn't forget about him. And one thing that uh, his uncle said was he would hope the Texans would not give up on Bill O'Brien because he feels that Bill O'Brien is a great guy and he's very genuine. You know, when Adam's, Adam lost his uh, father to cancer as well, Adam... Uh, got a text message from Bill O'Brien about his condolences to his family. So, like I said, I mean, it was a lot what he told me. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I called him that day of, of Adam's, the day they buried Adam. And what was eerie about it was I logged into LinkedIn and that was Adam's birthday and the wish him a happy birthday. And, uh, you know, he kept telling me about how great, you know, about how it was I and mean, how people, how things, how touched you know, how many people I am touched and everything. And, you know, he, he kept apologizing for talking about all this, but I told him, I said, just keep, I said, I don't care. I was like, just keep saying it. I was like, if this is, you know, I was like, you know, at this time of your life, you need to celebrate Adam's, Adam's life, not mourn it. And I hope he continues to do that. And I know he will, but I'm just, you know, relaying all that information to you guys. Anyways, how to pit, We'll see what happens with basketball <laughs> the rest of the year. It ain't gonna be fun, obviously, with this, with this conference, with this, with the conference slate. But as far as um, recruiting goes, we still got that going on. Oh, I forgot to touch on Josh Conklin. Uh, I was gonna leave, but you know what? I forgot now. Josh Conklin, as you know, left. He's taking the head coaching job at Wofford, which is awesome. Which is good for him. I'm happy for him. He's taken over there, which is great for him. As far as Pitt goes, I made a comment that Tom Tom Bradley wrapped up his tenure at UCLA, and he would be a, he would be probably a candidate discussion, in which got me a bunch of hate tweets. I actually hated myself when I, right just after, after I tweeted because I knew the backlash I was going to get. Like, there's no way in hell we would hire Tom Bradley ever. And I don't think we will, but um, I'm interested to see who it is. I'm, maybe Partridge gets promoted. People are saying Scott Schaefer. We'll see what happens. Oh well, I'm done now. Hell to pit. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're gonna pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. Auto Trader.